Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It is Wednesday. We're here on Action Movie Anatomy and we are talking about 13 assassins saluting a brigadier general of the Action Army. We're excited to talk about this movie. We'll see you guys in just one quick second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. We're back. Shin Zaiman loves this song. Shin's <laughs> Probably when they were filming this movie, this is actually what he was listening to on set. 99 full penny. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm Asian. I can do that. Yeah. It's okay. We can That's do it. funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I want to just do I know. it with you, but... I know. You can just do the Wakanda voice. It's not appropriate. <laughs> it would be time. I don't think that's appropriate. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. It's Action Movie Anatomy. We're here. It's the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast that we're dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related, plus pop culture by the bucketful. Yeah, I almost stumbled there again. Uh, my level of excitement for this film is high. This movie's sweet. This movie's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I think this is the first time ever on the show you and I are both covering, I mean, that we've covered a movie that you and I have both not seen. Until and, the show, of course. Until the it. show, obviously. <laughs> and that is because... Uh, we, yeah, we are saluting uh, a Brigadier General of the Action Army, Mr. Uh, John Gets his movie on the show. <laughs> we salute you. That was good. That yeah. was great. I was planning that for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, we're, so we're here to talk about Thirteen Assassins. Uh, we talk about action movies on this particular show. Those action movies are here for basic rules. Rule number one: the hero always plays by their own rules. I would say total total whiff because they're samurai, so it's not their own rules. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because Shin is probably our protagonist. It's actually Mr. Doi yeah. who breaks the rules. We play by his rules. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of a whiff, but the, the party that they are fighting for is playing well, by their own rules. I, they are playing by their own rules in the sense that they are they are samurai, but they are killing the Lord. Yeah, so they're, they're, not they're supposed going to do against that. the Lord. Yeah, yeah, so, okay. Rule number two, the movie is driven, uh, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people beings, things dinosaurs would have in the room. If... Like, like the true villain is not because he's an idiot. Yeah, it's it, Naratsugu is just pure evil. He's yeah. not even smart. He's just he. But but the thing is, is like in Asian culture, the nobility, right, the respect, just puts you in a place of like you can't do wrong, right. For, but Sir Sir Hanbe is the other smartest guy in the room. Yes, but he's it, always a step behind Shinza. Like no he question. Is. Yeah, he always has his whole life, his yeah, whole his training whole, and everything. Yeah, I love that he's talking about them in school and like. I will get out all this. Yeah, There's a lot oh, that's of a super sweet line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, rule number three: the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. Um, uh, military, sort of. Yeah, I mean, there's the samurai were were the military force back then. Basically, the Shogun. Jedi. Yeah, the yeah. Jedi. Exactly. Uh, and rule number four: the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There actually are explosions. Yes, they they, they master explosives. Which I was watching, and I was like, holy shit, we did it. It's feudal Japan, but we have explosives. We yeah. we do it. So there you go. Uh, we are going to get into the show, guys. But if you want to follow along in the conversation, uh, Andrew's in the live chat here a little bit. You can follow along with me personally on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy, and you can find the show's Twitter, Team Action... I can never remember the Team Action Show. I think it's, it's at Team Action Show, right? Is it the Team Action Show or Team Action Show? I think it's Team Action Show. I think it's at Team Action Show. I'm pretty sure it's Team Action Show. <laughs> We've been tweeting from it again. It's at Team Action Show. That's yeah. the show for the Twitter. We also have Facebook fan groups, the Action Movie Anatomy group, and the Action Army fan page. And those are all the best places if you want to talk about the awesome stuff on the show, because there are so many people talking about them. There are literally thousands of people in those groups uh, talking to each other all the time about these movies and the things that we love about them. So uh, we are going to get into the show today. Coming up, we are going to be doing 
AMA questions, answering your questions about the movie. We are going to be doing Schmodown Corner, a new segment we introduced just last week, talking about the uh, current updates in the Schmodown. Uh, we are going to be talking about sweetest final bad guy kills, effectively oh. end, end boss kills, yeah. uh, and you know other things of that nature. So before we do, let's get into the trailer for the film. I don't know if I've seen the trailer. I watched it last night, uh, the trailer, and uh, it's fine. 2010, yeah. but it's foreign. It's foreign. It's a different yeah. style. It's a different... Um, American... Americans have really mastered trailers. Yeah. In the race for the <laughs> in feudal Japan for the world's most advanced science fiction technology. A photographer with an eye for beauty. Here we go. Oh yeah, that with the monkey neck part. Off. Oh yeah. I don't remember this coming out, do you? Uh, I actually do. Yeah. I actually do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think it was because my roommates were excited about in college. I've heard people talk about it, but more since we started the show. Yeah, yeah I've heard about it a lot since the show started. So funny, like growing up in a household where Korean was spoken like pretty regularly. Yeah, I always wished it was Japanese because Japanese <laughs> sounded so much sweeter. Like it just sounds so epic when they yeah. speak to each other. It's so similar to. The Seven Samurai and Magnificent Seven. It's like so similar. Yeah. I actually haven't seen Seven Samurai in maybe I've just seen it maybe once, like ten years ago. My dad made me watch it when I was a little kid. Very, very long time ago. Still have you when's the last time you've seen it? Not since then. Do you remember it? Not really. I have I have like memories of certain shots or certain scenes, maybe, but not much. I remember Magnificent Seven much better. I watched the new version again the other day. Really <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Fuqua is a genius. He really is. Genius of film. Bad guy Stormare? Or is it? No, no, no. It's In which uh, one? In the new one? Yeah. That's. Uh, What's his last name? Scarsgard. Scarsgard. Yeah. That part's pretty sweet when he cleans all the blood off the blade. Is that the end? Yes. That's the end. Okay, awesome. I like Shinzo a lot. I do too. He's great. He's 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 super badass. Yeah, there's some really, really good stuff in here. So uh, guys, we're gonna get it into thesis statement, but real quick, big shout out to Carmen Young and Matt Kearns. You guys are members of the Action Army, and we wanna let you guys know we, we salute, salute you. you. And so, uh Kearns, good luck in your match you got coming up this weekend. Is it so it's about it's it's trivia it's trivia on the Schmodown. About, like, the contestants of the Schmodown? I'm not totally sure. I, I see people post about it a lot. I've yeah. watched a lot of the Take 3 reactions, but I haven't watched one of those matches yet. It would strike me as odd that there would be so many people competing about about Schmodown. I think it is, though. 
It's what do you know about the Schmodown? Yeah, or like in this match, or what you know, which match did the best spin happen, or like in this match right. against how, Team Trek did Action TKO, or did, yeah, or interesting. like yeah. I'll have to watch one. That sounds fat. I, I would totally compete. I love. Oh, I would love it. Yeah, I've seen all the matches. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we salute you guys, and um, yeah, let's hop into our thesis statement here. All right, I'm going to jump in first with my thesis statement, guys. Thesis statement is your biggest boldest thought about this film. If this film comes up in conversation, this is the thing you're going to bring up first and really stand behind the whole time. And my thesis is that when I finished watching this film. It's been 10 years since the release of this film, and I cannot think of a movie I've ever seen in my life that I believe deserves an American remake more. I don't know <laughs> how it hasn't happened. I like thought about it a lot, and I was like, I guess it's a little too similar to Magnificent Seven and Seven Samurai. It's the right. same premise. But even so, like just the relationships in the movie alone, like this would not be hard to do. And you, I don't even think you would have to necessarily make it like like a western you could make it like a newer movie like there's a lot of ways you could even just remake it as a samurai movie in america with like yeah american actors i think you could do it i mean it's hard i think to cast american actors as samurai because it's offensive yeah tom uh, tom tom cruise got a lot of flack for that let's cast tom hardy as shinza too. <laughs> yes, but but uh, i understand what you're saying yeah that, i mean that's my thesis when I, when I walked away from it that was the thing i thought of was like this is a really good movie it's like really well done i i know that like great filmmakers watch a lot of foreign films like the the highly rated ones so I'm just sort of shocked this hasn't been remade yeah and it's so simple and you look at the original um, budgeting which we'll get into it's it's just so cheap everything about this and you look at you watch the movie and as as a film viewer like a a critic I guess you you realize you're like wow this movie is could be so easily remade well I mean because the raid's getting a remake yeah it's around the same time is it yeah oh yeah I remember hearing that's so with Grillo I think yeah it is Grillo and then but you wonder, it's like, the things... See, the raid will be perfect, I think. It, with other movies like this, it's like, do you, you wonder if Americans can dabble in the obscure that happens a lot in Asian cinema. Like, right. especially, you know, the original Old Boy, for instance, they take out a big part of that in the movie remake. in the remake yeah. because it's just too much for people to stomach in America. Yeah. You wonder. Um, I like that thesis because I really love this movie, and I'd love to see it <clears throat> get more attention, more credit, you know? I agree. So for me, uh, one of my staples on this show from when we first started says to have a great action movie, you have to have a great villain. Yeah, it's just it's just so imperative. And I don't know, man. It's it's really hard for me to say he's the worst villain we've ever encountered on this show. But I actually think he is. I think he's the absolute most evil villain we've ever encountered on the show just because, you know, like, I hate Commodus, and we hate Hans Gruber, but, like, you kind of love Hans, and there's things about Commodus, like, Naratsugu is just the worst, everything about him is horrible, he, he, he's just evil, he executes families and children, and he cuts limbs off of, of women, and he, and he pawns them off as sex slaves, and then, like, it's just, like, everything about this guy is just disgusting. Yeah. And they do an incredible job of painting it. Like yeah. to where and even at the end where like everyone around them is sacrificing or everyone around him is sacrificing their lives just to save him and he's like, "Oh, I wonder if this is what war was like. It's so magnificent. Hey, when I'm ruler, I'm going to make time like this again." Yeah. And he's just having fun while everyone's dying around him to protect him. It's just he's so evil. He's so horrible that the way that he dies at the end of this like a dog is the only way to put it. It's so rewarding. So satisfying. You, you need it. He's struggling and he's like, it hurts. It hurts and it's cold and I want to die and blah, 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 and I want to live. And like, because the whole movie, he never even breaks this yeah, like. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. And so I, I think he's the worst villain we've ever encountered on AMA. Could the be. things that he's done are just beyond speakable. And I think that speaks mainly to uh, Takashi Miike. Yeah. He's a director that does 
I, I'm just gonna say fucked up things. Yeah, right. He's really, 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 really gnarly stuff. Yep. And uh, I think <clears throat> in this movie is one of the most uh, mild versions you've gotten of him. Yeah. And it's still really hard to watch. And this is his most famous movie, I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 I, I think so. There was this one and there was Ichi the Killer that yeah. kind of like broke him out. Oh, but this Ichi one Killer, is, yeah. it, it's hard to say between the two. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. This movie's definitely broken out. People, people know about it. So, all right, guys, we're going to continue through the show here into fist pump moment. This is that moment in the film. Something happens. You kind of look around. You're like, are you seeing this right now? This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Oh, there's so yeah, many this in this so movie. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is really sweet. It's got a lot of, there's really like good. this level of gravitas that happens in all samurai movies. Yeah. Yeah. And by that, I mean, this and Last Samurai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, there's just such an epic, there's so much epicness. So what do you, what do you got first? Well, so, like, what I was thinking about was, like, all right, I get really tired of, like, like for instance, I'm not a big fan of the Expendables franchise. I think you and I agree. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of, like, you know, older dudes, a lot of testosterone, like, just being real macho, and just, like, just kind of gross. Like, <laughs> I love action movies, but just, like, that doesn't really feel like, I'm not that into it. Yeah, I mean, you, we've never covered one on the show. Um, whereas, with, like, this and like samurai culture it's it's very similar it's still a bunch of older dudes with like a bunch of ego and gravitas like just like being dudes and like real like ego and macho yeah but there's something about the fact that it's like because of a code and the way they act it's yeah. like it's like it's this like ancient code that makes it totally awesome yeah because like, it is yeah. it still is just a, a bunch of dudes just going out to kill someone it's and like, like these dudes drinking sake and like washing themselves wearing those like <laughs> whatever those things are called and like washing together and then just be you're like god you guys are so badass epic. Look, look at that guy's belly like a diaper <laughs> yeah he's wearing a huge diaper and he's like but like it's just really awesome so uh that's my fist bump yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, my my fist bump moment is um, I think my fist bump moment is probably the shower scene in Thirteen Assassins. <laughs> uh, I would say I think my fist bump moment is right at the beginning of the movie when um, the mission is being sold to Shinza, mm-hmm. and you can see he's taking it all in. And then there's this moment, and he looks down, and he's like, "My hands have been shaking." Ever yes, since because I've been looking for a glo- for a noble death as a samurai, yep. and I, I can feel it. Like this is the mission. He's like, "I'm so I'm excited." Like the hands are, and he like has to like, stable his hand. I was like, yeah. "That's so badass." Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, I have that written down. Yeah, because it's so awesome. He's like, "My uh, I've I've wondered." I have it all written down. I just got to pull it up <laughs> because it was so sweet. He goes, uh, "How how fate smiles upon me." As a samurai in this era of peace, I've been wishing for a noble death. Now fate has called me here. See my hands trembling. It's a warrior's battle shakes. Yeah. I will accomplish your wish with magnificence. Yeah. That's a, such a sweet it's moment. so <laughs> epic. Yeah. It's like right after you've seen maybe the most gnarly thing you've probably ever seen in a yeah. movie. Um, because cutting the tongue out, too, is just like yeah. beyond. So that was actually, that was one of mine. That was it's so it's intense. So, not the tongue out. Yeah. But yeah, that moment where yeah. he says all that. You're like, when he says, I will accomplish your wish with magnificence, you're just like, oh, yeah, you're like this yes, guy's you will take care of business. And there's not ever a moment. Do you, did you ever doubt that they weren't going to succeed? No, I didn't either. But I figured they all were going to die. I had a feeling they were all going to die. But just when that line was said, I was like, man, <laughs> this is it. Uh, so that part was really sweet. I have two more, and I I can't decide between the three. So there's after they're fighting in the town, there's the big explosion, and Shins is just standing on the wall. Yeah. And you're like, oh, there he is through the smoke. It's super badass. But then he holds up the total massacre yeah. sign. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> you're like, it's, gonna it's going down. And I was like, okay, that can't, it, that's got to be it. But then there's yeah. the final most badass moment, which is the second command. The guy, that's the other thing I love about samurai movies is like, you can be 85 and still a badass samurai, yeah. you know, and like out of shape. And so the second command, uh, Kuranaga, 
he fights the second in command for yeah. Natsugu. And he kills him in two, like, two quick hits. He doesn't even, like, look at him. Yeah. He mad dog grimes the shit out of him, right? And then he's, like, he's, like, straight battle drunk. Yeah. He's, like, he's, like, ah, yeah. and he's, like, I'm good, and I've come to take your life. And I was just, like, ah. Yeah, it was, dude, it was so many epic moments, but it's, that was my favorite, hands down. The whole entire concept of them all just being blood drunk in the town as they're killing everyone. Yeah. And you see all of their faces as they're fighting. Yeah, so sweet. Like, just so many moments that were awesome. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, blood drunk. Because even one of the the bad guys, you yeah. see him kind of crazily running around, just like attacking nothing. Because yeah. he's like, yeah, I love. They really, they really do a good job of like breaking down how chaotic a battle is. Yeah. in that movie, totally. Yeah. yeah, and the samurai are so much sweeter than all those. Are the, are the guys that are fighting also samurai? They're like shogun, or yeah, I think they're also they are also samurai, but they're, but not, they're not nearly as, as accomplished or something. No. Yeah, and then and then uh, Ronin are samurai with no master, right? That's what I'm is Ronin that what is? it is? Okay, yeah, I, I believe. I, yeah, because uh, what's his name is a sweet. I am a Ronin. Yeah, right. He gets hired. Like, yeah, and they're like, uh, what does he say? He killed all of our sword masters with yeah. one sl- like yeah. one swing. That's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. Um, all right, sweet. Uh, any fist bumps in the chat? Uh, yeah, a bunch of them. The total massacre has been mentioned. The speech on the barricade. Yep, when he's standing up there yelling at him. Uh, the boars on fire. Uh, that sweet. was pretty badass. Uh, the handshaking. That's what get. Yeah, that's what John Getz said. Um, yeah, that was such a surprising moment too. That's what I like about it so much. Which one? When he says that, when his hand is shaking, because the look on his face as he's talking to him is like, you're not quite sure if he's like, yeah, gonna like reluctantly accept it, like if he's gonna pull like a Clive Owen and Children of Men, where he feels like he needs to, but he's like reluctantly and like doesn't think he's good enough to do it, right? But like Shinza's like, oh, like I wait, I'm so life. down. Yeah, this is a noble mission. I'm so excited, and I'm a yeah. warrior. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Denuso says, Ogura, kill the men that get past me. Don't leave one yeah. alive. That's, yeah, you love. I was that gonna part. save that for favorite line. Yeah. I think. But, oh, really? Yeah. Where to go, Paul? Yeah. Um, oh, and Getz also says, how I've missed crossing swords with you. That was a pretty sweet yeah. moment at the very end. Yeah, that was and, sweet. And then also the sweet part after, but we'll get there, we'll get there. I also really like um, the other line when the badass Ronin who, the don't get, whatever that guy's name I is. I can't remember his name, it's like Hiramaya. Yeah, he, yeah, he's like one of my favorites, but I, I love when he's like, when they're training, and he's like, you use your sword. He's like, then you use your, you use oh, your, yeah, you, know, you, you, you don't have your sword. sword, you use a stick. If you have a stick, use a rock. rock. If you have a rock, use your fist. You use yeah. your bare hands. Yeah. yeah. He's just like so sweet. badass. You gotta have like the different flavors of like the different flavors of badasses uh-huh. in movies like this, and that's like clearly one flavor. Like the super badass, like stoic, doesn't talk very much, like Mad Dog. The super wise leader. There's the younger guy. There's like the trick. There's like the jokester. Like you gotta have all yeah, the personalities. Yeah, they, they do break it down. Sorry. Um, hey, Jules, we're getting a lot of. Uh, Shazam Media Networks simulcast over Manila. Tune in to 104.3 FM2. It's on Action Movie Anatomy with Popcorn. It's just like spam. Can we? Is there any way for us to get rid of that or not? It's just, yeah, thank you so much. Um, okay, thank you guys for bringing that to our attention. Excellent. Let's move on to the next part of the show. Um, yeah, so we are going to get into star profiles. Now, because the two stars of the film are not necessarily, uh, like, basically... They're basically not American actors. <laughs> yeah, they're not American actors. And honestly, Goro Inagaki, who plays Naritsugu, is... It's really weird. And, and let me know if you guys found this when you were online. Go online, go to IMDb, type in 13 Assassins, pull up 2010. He's not on the page. 
it's so weird. And then if you go to his page, if you type in Goro Inagaki, you can find him, and then you see that he plays Naratsugu in 13 Assassins, but then you click on it, and again, it's not there. Weird. So what I did find out about Goro was that he is a, um, he was actually a singer turned um, actor. Okay. Uh, he's been in a handful of things, but he's still mainly just a musician. Um, Got it. And that's really all there is about him. There's not a whole lot about him and his and his career other than just that. Uh, let's see. His international film debut was the rom-com Private Lessons 2. He played the lead role. And then, <clears throat> obviously, 13 Assassins was, like, his biggest thing. And he hasn't really done much since. Interesting. He's really good in this. He, he actually is very good in this. He, like, doesn't have to do very much. He mostly just has to not talk. Yeah. But, but, he, but he does a good and, and just, yeah. like, look like a piece of shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and then Koji uh, Yakush. Yaku, Yakusho, Yakusho, uh, who plays Shin, is, um, he, there's a lot more about him out there, so he's, I'm just going to kind of read through his bio that I saw on Wikipedia, just kind of give you guys a little bit about who he is. So he's the youngest of five, he grew up in Japan, even though he was born to Korean parents, oh no, that's Takeshi Mike, uh, sorry, pull this up here yeah so he uh he ended up going to an acting school when he in 1978 and he was one of four out of 800 applicants chosen to actually attend that school um and when he was at that school he met a famous actress whom he married in 1982 and then moving on he ended up working for like a publication company he appeared in tv shows so he's basically just been like a working actor in japan successfully films and tv shows in the 80s and 90s yeah for a very very long time but then there was this movie that came out called shall we dance it was at the time that it came out it was the biggest movie that Asia had ever exported. This is not the Richard Gere one? This is not the Richard Gere one, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, he starred in that, and that's kind of what gave him <clears throat> his international acclaim. Then he did a movie called The Toad, and then obviously there's this movie, uh, 13 Assassins. So uh, he's a very successful actor in Japan. He's still working, um, not working a ton. And then uh, Goro Inagaki, who plays the villain, uh, isn't really working at all as an actor anymore. <laughs> he did something in 2016. Uh, <clears throat> so we're going to move past that. One thing I think is really interesting to point out before we get into the next bit of the show, and, and I was thinking about this as I was watching, is like, if I was going to make a film in America and I didn't have, uh, because, I mean, obviously, like th- those are all established actors in Japan, but like mm-hmm. to an American audience, like they're not recognizable to me. If I was going to make a film in America and I didn't have a cast that was recognized, I think I would stay away from something like a military film because what ends up happening is you put a bunch of people in uniform to look similar mm-hmm. and it's very very difficult in battle scenes as an audience to figure out who the hell's doing what I found myself watching this movie and being like I could pick out about four of the samurai consistently yeah. but I knew who they were and then the other like the other like I guess what it's there's, there's technically eight and then the bandit mm-hmm. um, there's like eight of them the bandit and like a lot of the shots with the other eight I just kept finding that I was confused who was in the shot or who was in the scene no, I, I completely agree <clears throat> it was, and it's, it's like the two younger guys the two kind of middling guys the kind of goofy looking guy like I was like I'm not really sure what's going on yeah it's interesting so I think one of the obviously and and this is you know Saving Private Ryan is one of the greatest movies ever made but I think one thing that's very interesting about that film is they do a very good job of giving every single person a very individualized story and look yeah you know, yeah, they all so look that very you can different. all every time you go and you it's like oh Upham's the squeamish looking one Giamatti you know it's yeah. like you just kind of see it around Giamatti I don't know why I started to say that but yeah you can kind of just see like Goldberg and you know Diesel and they all look different and so I did see that a lot in this movie especially in the end battle scene where I was kind of just lost yeah but I I, I know when our samurai were winning yeah <laughs> as opposed to when well, they, they were dressed were. in white and they were dressed in black yeah so, and like the you, helmets and stuff yeah so that, <clears> that, and that's obviously all intentional and they obviously made a, a point early on in the film probably to 
have the shogun on Naritsugu's side in the like more traditional robes with the gold, so that anytime they're cutting back and forth between the shots, you immediately are like brought back into like who the people are based on what they're wearing. Yeah, uh, and I think that's important. But yeah, I definitely found myself thinking as I was watching, like there's about five samurai here that I really care about, and then the rest of them I don't really care because I don't really know who they are. Well, yeah, because they're really broken down. You got Shin, yeah, and then the second command, the other older guy whose yeah. name I can't remember. You got the Ronin, yeah, and then his sweet. little dude that yeah. calls him Master, right? And then there's the spear guy. Right, you remember the spear guy because he's like chubby. He's the only guy that fights with yeah, a spear. the spear. Guy that gets paid for the mission. Yeah, and then but then the other like, and then there's the nephew. And there's, the, yeah, he looks kind of similar to two of the other guys. And then at the very end, I was like, oh yeah, it's his nephew because he keeps calling him uncle. Yeah, I kept forgetting. I, yeah, I couldn't yeah, tell yeah. if he died or not. So who knows? Maybe we just need to be more affiliated with these. Guys. I feel like it's the same thing when you watch. You know, a lot of. I mean, we were talking about that group of random white dudes, and they're like totally thirties. If you watch like, a, I swear to God, if you, if you were to be like a like a. A uh, fan of Japanese film, and you were to watch like I don't know, like Flags of Our Fathers or something, or like some other, like some war movie, you'd see like you know a bunch of American actors, and you'd probably recognize the star, and you'd get mixed up on who the other ones were. I don't, I think it's the exact yeah. same thing. Oh, absolutely. If, if, if you don't know who they are, and I think the other the other factor that makes it confusing is because it's subtitled, so we're watching subtitles. Eventually, instead of staring at their faces, eventually you're just reading it. You're hearing the voice, but you're basically just reading what's happening. Yeah. And so you're not really like associating a distinct voice or a sound of a word that you recognize with an actor. Yeah, that's it. That's a good point. And so it gets confusing. So, But anyway, uh, that was just my point that I wanted to make. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of production development. But before we do, um, I want to take a quick second to give a shout-out to our brand-new Brigadier General, oh John Getz. John Getz. This film is dedicated to John Getz. He chose this film for the show. Uh, so we're going to give you a big... We salute you. Um, and also, just while we're at it, because I think it's relevant, uh, Miss Movies, Brianne Chandler, yeah. is also has joined the team. She's a Brigadier General now. Yeah, she went from General to Brigadier General. We actually thought she was just going to not be a patron anymore because she already contributed so much. Yeah, we figured we were it was so a- grateful, but she she doubled down. And so I know Brianne's not watching right now because she usually is active in the chat if she is. We're going to bring her on to the show for a movie of her choice uh, very soon because, and, and that's obviously we, we'd love to bring every every person that donates is a Brigadier General, yeah. But Brianne came on the show before we ever had the Patreon, so she'll come back on and choose a movie, and we'll wear T-shirts because that's what we do for for oh. Briggs. Yeah, absolutely. The, did Getz not tell us what to wear? No, he didn't. Uh, and and at least I don't think he did. But uh, it doesn't mean that we can't do it. We can still just wear it on a different episode. So here's my question for you before we get into the next part of the show. Speaking yeah. of uh, Brigadier Generals, uh, we have a Patreon, guys. Patreon.com/slash/TeamAction. That's what uh, when we say these general rankings that we're, that's what we're talking about so mm-hmm. Drew and I do an extra now two videos a week uh, we film them in front of a giant Nicolas Cage wall hang and they are Shimodan related and they're movies related and top five lists and if you donate five bucks a month you can submit top five lists we'll read them on the show and critique them um, but anyway the point is we came up with all of these different levels uh, and names yes. for the levels in the in the <laughs> in the thing, and I'm pretty sure there was just one night that we came up with it, and I had to do something, and, so, and you got a little baked, I think. And, I'm uh, sure I did, <laughs> and, and came up with all of them. When I came back, I was like, "These are great!" Oh yeah, yeah. I pulled up a Wikipedia page, and I was like, "What are the coolest sounding names?" So my so I've added two since. So my question is, in order that we have them, how close do you think actual like low like, to high did we get it? I think we're actually okay, aren't we? Well, so let's, or are we not? Let's see if anybody in the chat can help us. We got chief petty officers. The that's the entry level, right? I think so. And the highest level is brigadier general. 
And then we have General right, right below Brig. Yep. Uh, There's I a think Commodore in there. That's 20. I think that's the 25. <clears throat> that's a 25. I think yeah. Master Sergeant is above Commodore. <laughs> yeah. So I think Master Sergeant is the, is the third to last. Let me see. I can. I got him here. So then there's a $10 level, which is uh, is called. So there's uh, Chief Petty is one. Chief Petty out. First Lieutenant is oh, five. Yeah. First Lieutenant. Corporal. Corporal. Is that's 10. A, yeah. Commodore is 25. Yeah. yeah. Master Sergeant is 35, General, and then Brigadier General. I think we're okay. I think the ones that I would be most uh, convinced that we were wrong on are, I don't know where Commodore actually fits in here. Pretty sure it's in the middle. (laughs) In the middle somewhere. (laughs) And we might be dead wrong about what the hell a Brigadier General is. Yeah. I don't know. We might be. We just uh, we went strictly off Brigadier just, General just Francis X. Straight off of Francis X. (laughs) Look, if you got a middle initial that starts with an X, uh, then come on. the guy who killed Bin Laden is a petty officer, to be frank. Okay, well, so you see? Yeah. Let's just let you guys know, $1 patrons are just as important. <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea. But we've watched a lot of action movies, and these are definitely uh, titles that get thrown around in sweet action movies, uh, and nothing but respect for our military. You know what? While we we're at it, yeah, exactly, <laughs> we're right? making light of these ranks, and they are definitely not to be made light of. So, Technically, Brig General is the lowest general. He thinks, come on, guys, give us some real answers. you got, you got <laughs> Google, you got Wikipedia there. Are you saying Francis X. Hummel is the lowest general? There's no way. Uh, all right. Uh, so moving on to a little bit more production development, I'm going to kind of cruise through this. Uh, Daisuke Tengen was the guy that wrote this movie. Uh, he, I mean, he's just a writer. He he uh, he graduated college in 1984. He went to a publishing company, but he left to create in 1991 to pursue a creative career. His directing debut was in 1990, and he's also a screenwriter. He directs and uh, writes a lot of the movies that he works on now. His most recent one was Red Queen, but he really kind of broke onto the screen when he started working with uh, Shohi. Imamura and Takashi Miike, which also, if you are Japanese and listening to this episode, I am so sorry. For <laughs> the just, pronunciations this, or for the bad impressions? Uh, the bad impressions, <laughs> not at all. The pronunciations, 100%. And then we get into Takashi Miike, who's kind of really the, the really the big name behind this movie. He's the one that we, we know in America a lot, but it's mainly really just because of Ichi the Killer, um, which is a movie that came out in 2008, I think, or something like that. He... So he's known for having really, really violent films and really sexually bizarre films, Mm. which we get just a taste of that in this movie, which I think is why it's the most successful movie in um, in America. Is Ichi the Killer a lot worse? Uh, Ichi the Killer has some pretty gnarly parts. There was one part they talked about specifically where they like cut a man from throat to groin. Oof. And they like you like watch it, yeah. And then they like they like cut off a man's face, and then you see it thrown on the wall. And, oh, it's two thousand one at the Toronto International Film Festival. The audience received barf bags emblazoned with the film's logo. Um, but yeah, so he's he's just kind of been working a lot, and but every time he gets a chance to do something, it's not that it's not good. It's just that it's so gnarly. So in 2005, he was invited to direct an episode of the Masters of Horror anthology series, which was like with John Carpenter, Hooper, um, Dario Argento, and like, he did this, and he, he made one called uh, Imprint, and it was too disturbing for the network. Showtime, it was the only one they canceled out of all of them, of all the horror movies and the whole thing. They just couldn't do it. And it's never been seen in America. It's never been released here. Wow. Uh, but it still has aired uh, on Bravo in the UK, FX in Mexico, in South and Central America, and the Dominican Republic, France, a couple other places. But I've just heard it's so gnarly. Wow. And, and it's... 
You can't hate because we have like a lar- <laughs> we, Lars von Trier is kind of like yeah. that. He does like really gnarly stuff yeah. in his movies, and it's so weird because he's a good director. And they even said that about Imprint is he's, he's a, actually a very good movie, but it's just too disturbing. What yeah. do you think about movies and directors that are like that? Do you think that they like? I get that you just make what you want to make, right? Yeah, I mean, I think people have this vision of what is interesting to them as art, and like the, what I think is. What I can't connect to when it comes to artists that create, like, I'm a creative person, you're a creative person, like, we, we're artists, we're performers, um, but what I can't connect to is that when somebody has the vision to make a movie, you have to have that vision and stick to your vision for such a long time, because it takes so long to make it. Yeah. You have to d- production design it and get all the, everything, you know, everything made, actually physically made, you have to, if it's going to be CGI, you have to get it all designed there, you have to film it all, then you have to edit it, and you have to go re-edit it, like, there's, usually takes years to make a movie, and so, like, to to stick to a vision that is extremely disturbing as a director, you have to be really stuck to this idea. It can't be, like, the shock value is what's interesting. It has to really be, like, there's some... I think what it comes down to is there's something about that stuff, like, the message that he's... Te- like, like the, the story he's telling that in some way feels important to him. Like, that's what it's got to be. It's got to be, like... I think a lot of people that do... You know, Adrian Lyon was a director who did all of the, like, Mickey Rourke stuff. Nine and a half <clears throat> weeks and Wild Ork and Unfaithful. He did, like, all those movies. And he was, like, kind of obsessed with these erotic thrillers. That's, like, mm. what he made his whole career. He just kept making these erotic thrillers. It's like softcore porn and an R-rated movie type thing? Or? Kind of, yeah, I mean, not quite that bad. Right. But, like, movies that with, like, pushing boundaries. Like, like, like desperado like, sex scenes, like, regularly in his movie. Or, like, it was just, like, very sex- sexually risque. Sexy and also, like, dark and, like, fantasies of control and, like, shit like that. So... But, like, a very, very known director who made good movies. And the point is, uh, those type of people who, like, see that one vision and they just keep making it, there's some reason that that vision to them is um, important. It's an important story to tell. So Yeah, I mean, and honestly, the people talked about it in the chat. You and I talked about it one of the first things when we walked in. The, the limbless girl with her tongue cut out, that sticks with you. Yeah. It leaves a really heavy impact. Even just, honestly, they probably could have just showed that and then not, not even shown the thing with Chise and the and the son and cutting yeah. off the head, and you still would have hated him just as much. Like, yeah. It's incredibly powerful. So I think when it's done right, which it sounds like he does do it right, we're just not ready to see it here. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just, just kind of how it is. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't really... I can't really imagine like the you know the 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 teenagers in high school sneaking into this movie and the fourteen year old girl sees that and is just like oh it's just my. like ruined yeah right exactly yeah. or I mean that's so disturbing too like if somehow you manage to see this movie at like ten like the kind of stuff my dad showed me yeah it happens like in fact this is exactly the kind of movie but my dad would have loved to watch and he probably would have showed me as a little kid like I probably would have watched so been so I'm gnarly like, this is awesome <laughs> Drew you have to see this movie I am a samurai <laughs> uh, alright so let's let's uh, let's play a game here because uh, we've been talking a lot about production development I hate Lord Naratsugu I think he's a great villain yeah. so let's talk about some of our favorite deaths ever and boss kills in films. Do we want to do AMA only, or do we want to go spread outside? I think AMA only seems like a pretty strong choice for us. Okay, uh, because that way at least uh, everybody who's listening and watching can relate to what we're what we're talking about here. Yeah, guys. So um, if you're alive, if you're alive in the chat, I hope you're alive. Okay. Uh, <laughs> please throw in some of your favorite end boss kills. I'm gonna hop in first with my absolute favorite one. It's Commodus Man. I love great kill. the slow 
kill with his own dagger into his neck in front of everybody. Ah, yeah, it makes me crazy. <laughs> after even after Maximus has been stabbed, yeah, that is that is without a doubt one of my favorites. Uh, I'm gonna go with a more recent one, uh, just last week's film. I think that the helicopter hook grabbing Henry Cavill in his jaw oh, and tearing so him good. off the cliff is one of the most savage end kill deaths I've ever seen. It's the best Mission Impossible kill, period. Yeah. Ever. Ever. And I love that they show the, him his body hitting the mountain in the blood trail. Yeah. Because they don't do that enough in movies. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that kill was gnarly. Those Mission Impossible movies, man, they're pretty so hardcore. They you, you hear McQuarrie got invited back for the seventh film? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I of course, it. the seventh film was like already in production. Did you see what I emailed you last night? Oh, I didn't get to watch I it. Didn't, so I only watched like five minutes of it. Guys, I found a 33 minutes of B-roll. It's 33 minutes of B-roll, and it starts off with his, like, spin around in the thing. Uh, the he's like, No, no, uh, on the motorcycle, where he's looking yeah. at all the cars, and he takes off down the one thing. Yeah. And then the next thing is him weaving in and out of traffic. It's real. He did it for real. That's what I think. And the way that they did it is uh, the cars, I think, some of them have these, like, special LED flashing headlights. Yeah. I think what happens is they're all in succession, and, like, one flashes, and then he's supposed to go one way, and then the other one flashes, he's supposed to go this way or something. It's like... Incredibly choreographed. I was getting so hyped watching it, I had to stop. <laughs> it's like, I need to watch right now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the, the Henry Cavill one is fantastic. Some of the ones we have in the chat here, we got Equilibrium. Haven't covered that movie, Richard. Stop trying. Come on, Jared. <laughs> I do love that, though. Ed Harris and the Rock. See, that was one I was going to say. It's so epic. Yeah, it's really good. It, it's so good. Uh, it's been the greatest honor of my life to serve with you, King Piccolo and Dragon Ball. I know that's okay. I think I'll go with um, probably Hurricane Heist. Just kidding. Um, let's go. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> love you, Rob. Uh, I'm going to go with the same th- th- uh, thing, which is getting stabbed in the neck. Damn him. Damn that man. No, I was so going to use that. It's a good one. Oh, really? My yeah. sons were better men. The bayonet yeah. through the throat. Yes. Oh, so great. If you guys don't know, that is in one of my favorite movies, The Patriot. The Patriot, which is streaming on American Airlines right now for oh, free. Is it? it is. I consider. I, I've continued to consider watching it, except I'm stuck to a different goal right now. I, I know a you secret are. Secret goal. <laughs> uh, uh, so you guys, you guys should go buy a ticket right now so you can go watch <laughs> The Patriot for free. Uh Ooh, Jonas has a great one. Aragorn chopping off the Urukai's head in Fellowship after he kills Boromir. That's pretty good. That is excellent. I'll go with one. Uh, Wind River. Uh, <sighs> Tom of the Mountain. Where my boots? Where my boots? Where my boots? Where my boots? Uh, dude, that guy's fantastic. Pete? Yeah. Yeah. God, dude, that movie's good. That movie's so, so good. So fucked up. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's, Where's my boots? I actually, and not only do I love that kill, I love that kill, but there's another kill in that movie that I just absolutely adore, and it's when he shoots long range with the with the rifle, and the bullet like throws the guy to oh, the back. Oh, like of into the, the yeah. yeah, in the trailer. Oh, that's so sick. How, how does that work? If you shoot like a big rifle from a long distance like that, do the bullets does the bullet get faster and more powerful as it gets closer to you, or does it slow down? I believe it slows down based off of the rules right? of physics. Yeah. Um, but when it's that, it's not heavy, high right? caliber of a weapon, you think it would just like rip a hole in them. Yeah. Instead of that, but I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, here's another one for you. And this is sort of the end. Well, that's eh, not totally fair, but I'll use it. Uh, Road to Perdition. And it's not actually the Connor Rooney kill, which is sweet in the bathtub. Yeah. And then the, and then the mirror <laughs> swings open yeah, and you yeah, see yeah. him. When he kills Craig. It's the Newman kill. And it's in the, it's in the in rain. The rain. It's actually one of the most beautiful, it's a like really awesome shootout. And he kills them all. And then Newman has his. I'm glad it was you, Michael. 
like, you must. God, that movie's good. That movie's so good. Yeah. I love I love that movie. I'm so yeah. glad that we covered it on the show. It doesn't even fit, but I love it. I just want to watch it again. Uh, the Heat Kill. Oh, yeah. Braveheart, William Wallace. That's one. We've done Braveheart. Yeah, we did yeah. Keaton, right? Yeah. Uh, Sean Here's- Bean dying, <laughs> as usual, in GoldenEye. Yeah. Anytime Sean Bean dies. Yeah, he's the best. Uh, those are some of my absolute favorites. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I haven't I'm, d- I'm scrolling of. through our list here to see if... Uh, See, see, like what else is on the list? There's, we've just done so many good movies on this show. Yeah, the um, <clears throat> there's the Matrix one is really sweet when he kills Agent Smith. Although it's like, it's kind of lackluster. Yeah, because right. the fight beforehand is more badass for sure. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think the kill in uh, the first Equalizer is pretty sweet. The, yeah, with the nail gun. Oh, dude, you know what I absolutely love, and, and some people hate this to this day. It's the kill in Man of Steel. I love when the he snaps snap. Zod's neck. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good. so badass. Uh, but yeah, so those guys, those are some of our favorite kills that we've covered on the show. Blade, some motherfuckers is always trying to ice skate up the hill. Stephen Dorff. Pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, so many good movies. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's um, enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep talking about people getting killed all day. Uh, all right, so moving on to critical and box office, we're going to breeze through this um, as well because this movie was really a, it was a quiet release. So it, it was released by Magnolia in America. It cost six million dollars to make. It was released April 29th in 2011 here in the states. <clears throat> in America, it grossed eight hundred two thousand dollars worldwide. It grossed sixteen million for a grand total of seventeen million, still almost tripling its budget. Um, it was only opened in America in four theaters. It was number fifty two that weekend. It's got a 7.6 on IMDb, and all critics give it a 96%. Top give it a 92, and audience give it an 88. I'm actually kind of surprised at the IMDb rating. I feel like it's a little low. Yeah, I feel like this movie would be loved by more. It, it's just, uh, and especially, like, this, this feels like such an IMDb, like an IMDb type of movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Feels like the type of really, It seemed like thing. they would love this movie. A foreign yeah. film. Uh, oh, really quickly, Richard just had to shout out to our very, shout out to our very first episode. Get off my plane. That's a great one. That's a that's, really good one. That's a classic. It's a classic. <clears throat> I love that movie. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is really low for IMDb, but I think that actually segues perfectly into our next segment, which is AMA question. Um, and someone asked, what is our actual favorite act- or a foreign film? Favorite foreign film? Hmm. For me, it's easy. Because it's like you guys already know. I've talked about it Old so boy. many times. Yeah, Daniel Sala asked, uh, who's made us, Daniel's made us some incredible cover art. Yeah. Or, uh, we're going to use some of it for new thumbnails and stuff. Yeah. Um, we're just going to figure out exactly which ones are the best. But for me, it's Old Boy. It's, mm. it's like without a question, it's Old Boy. It's a good question. Uh, <clears throat> I don't, I don't like know a lot about foreign film. I and mean, I can think of like a bunch of foreign films I've watched that I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but. On the whole, I don't, I don't know. It's like a, I remember, I remember growing up watching Rafifi and really enjoying that. I think that was a really cool movie. It's a, it's a French movie. Um, there Did was you a movie, like Life Is Beautiful? I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, there's a movie from a few years ago called The Intouchables that is really, really, really good. It's another French movie. Um, I thought that was pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, I'm probably forgetting like something really awesome that I really Pans like. is a good one. Pans Labyrinth. Like pans a lot. Uh, yeah, Josh Ryan asked, what's your favorite foreign film? And will there ever be time when North American audiences embrace foreign films in a wider scale? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think us as Americans are too lazy to read movies. If I'm being if I'm being frank, I think that's really it. And I think only the biggest, best foreign films, i.e. City of Gods, Lives of Others, Pan's oh, yeah, Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These City movies, of Gods is a really good yeah, one. Yeah, these are the movies that they're like one in a million that break through in America that we're finally as an audience. We're like, fine, I'll read your German movie. 
Yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, and it's 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 frustrating because there's so many excellent foreign films. I just don't think as as Americans, the audience, especially the way that social culture social culture is now, and everything is just like this. Right. I just don't think foreign films ever going to break through. I mean, you've got like all the Kurosawa stuff, and you've got like your Fellini stuff, and your Bertolucci stuff, and and those were some directors who had managed to really break through. Um, oh, I do love Kung Fu Hustle. That's one of my also one of my faves. But yeah, there's definitely there's just not there's just not as many that are that have made as much of an impact in America. So that's a it's a harder question to answer. I'll yeah, be, it's, it's a frank. It's a good question. It's tough to answer. Um <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's a bummer. It's a bummer that there aren't going to be more. So uh John Getz again, our Brigadier General who we are doing this episode for asks since this is basically a Seven Samurai remake with modern filmmaking effects and choreography, what classic action film would you like to see get a spiritual successor today that hasn't already? I know exactly mm-hmm. what I want. What is it? Mortal Kombat. Is that a classic? Of course it's a classic. It's been out for over 20 years now. It's been tried to be remade so many times. Give me a good action horror Mortal Kombat directed by like... Somebody just asked that Seven Samurai and I said Mortal Kombat. I know. I know. That's pretty fantastic. Um, I would say maybe if I'm going back, if I'm going way back, like... The thing is, like, you're just mad that I took the best one. Yeah, you got a really good one. Now I feel like I have to try to one up you. Uh, that's another one that I don't know if I have a great. I don't, I don't know if I have a great answer to that. I should have looked for these questions before the episode, as opposed to just trying to freeball it on the show. That's all right. Um, yeah, because there's like all these classic movies I like, but I I sort of hate remakes. I don't know if you know this about me. I like yeah. we talk about them, but I what I found is it's so rare that a remake does justice. Uh, but the spiritual remake idea is better because you can take the concept of an old movie <clears throat> like this does feel so much like Seven Samurai and just sort of update it. And if you go back to like older films, so so if you go back to like the French Connection or some movie like that, it's like it's fun to watch, but it's just like not as good as it once was. What was it that we just watched that had like aged quite a bit? I'm not sure. Did we just cover something on the show a couple weeks ago? I feel like we just watched something and it definitely felt we like We talked it. about it aged a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it is, though. <clears throat> yeah, maybe it was Rocky. Is that what it was? Uh, yeah, it might have been Rocky. It yeah. was still fantastic, but yeah. it was like, it had really, really aged. Yeah. That could be it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I do like that idea. So, uh, yeah, sorry, Josh. No no good answer there today. Yeah, I, um, I would love to see Mortal Kombat be remade in, in the right way. <laughs> A good Mortal Kombat. A good Mortal Kombat. It just hasn't. It just hasn't happened. Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage. Um, Sonya. Yeah. All right. Uh, Paul asks, "What is it about the Seven Samurai trope that's so endearing and lends itself to be used over and over and over?" Well, I think it's that. Um, first of all, films that have suicide missions are always satisfying. Right. Um, seeing characters that you find endearing be willing to sacrifice themselves for a greater good is just like all, that's just like a good idea. That's true. You're me like yes, yeah, I and love I love these guys, and I love movies that feel like they're suicide missions with characters that I love. Like it, it makes you love the characters so much more when Tony realizes he's going up into space, and he pretty much realizes this is probably a one way ticket. Uh, it makes you like Tony Stark so much more. Like it as soon as as soon as he decides yeah. to do it, you know it's he's up there. And they even use it in Fallout. Yeah, she goes. So you're saying this is a suicide mission? We're like, yeah, yep. and it's awesome. And so I think that's one thing. Um, I think also the idea that this sort of like disparate group of personalities would come together and that they don't necessarily all have to get along, but they all have to believe in good. Yeah, they all have to believe in good, and that's what gets you to where you get. 
Yeah, I also love that this, and this is a bit of a tangential thought, but I, I love this idea that samurai is like you've done all the training and you're like always a samurai, but then you just like live your life, right? Which I love about Shin's Shin's nephew's the only one that lives, and he's the only one that doesn't really want to do the whole thing. He doesn't want to be a samurai. He's burdened by the samurai. And yeah. Shin's line at the end is so great. Yeah, yeah. it's a great line. Yeah, uh, which, yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. What's uh, favorite line, guys? This is your favorite line in the movie. There was a bunch in this one. So I think, yeah, my first one that I go with is the one that Paul mentioned. I love that. Kill kill any of the men that get past me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a sweet moment. Don't let one yeah. survive. Yeah, that's so awesome. That guy just that guy has a lot of sweet lines. That yeah. guy's so badass. He's yeah. he's the guy you knew was going to die no yeah. matter what. Of course, no But question. it was going to be so epic when he did. Yeah, you know he was going to take out so many dudes. But it was weird. You kind of His death kind of wasn't that epic because you saw it out of his pupil's eyes remember like he's like he gets gets, like hacked on his back yeah a bunch (laughs) he gets hacked on his back by that crazy woman or something who was that oh yeah it was like that battle crazed dude or whatever yeah Yeah, just like an insane person yeah yeah yeah. I guess it was a dude but it looked like a woman crazy yeah Yeah. um I love that line I also really really enjoyed um there's one other line that I was just thinking of that I really thought was super sweet what you got one uh, so mine was the I will accomplish your wish with magnificence. Yeah. I did love that. Um, <clears throat> but I I actually, you know what, I, I love the lines at the end when he's talking to um, Lord Nartsugu and he's like, He's like those decoration blades. Yeah, decorate. He just keeps saying decoration. He gets so mad. Yeah, he's yeah. like, leave them. They should be shown for decoration for a decoration man. Decoration this. De-. He's yeah. just like talking relentless amounts of shit. Yeah, but it's just disrespect. That's the other thing about the culture is just like you just even the he's what he's never been disrespected. No, and, you almost think he's never even felt pain. And I also love that he that he stabs Shinza, and for a second. He's like, I got this, and then and then yeah. and then you re- you realize that he doesn't get that Shinza's plan is to die all along. So it's like, this is oh, perfect. Go ahead. Yeah, I get my noble death. Put a knife in me. Yeah, I, you're, you're not going to get it out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, and then he just pushes straight through him. Yeah, I yeah. love too when he gets stabbed. He, he's like, he he like doesn't even flinch. He's like, oh, is this for decoration now? And he's like, nope. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's really wonderful. Sweet. Do you Kill. think? Do you think that you would be capable of committing Harry Carey? I no, no, hundred percent no. I was watching the first <laughs> scene, and I was, which they do an incredible job in the first scene. Yeah, that, that actor is very, very good. Um, no way, dude. Yeah. Like no fucking way could I stick a knife in my gut and then drag it across and then like bring it back to the middle and go up. Like no way. I like stab myself. Like ah oh, no 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 no. Somebody help. help. <laughs> I've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. It's stuck. It's stuck in me. Like it would be, it would be the worst thing ever. No way. Could you do it? No. You're like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no. I was watching them all do it. Just like God, it's so cr-. because it's not like it's not like the kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, you practice how to carry as a kid. You <laughs> it like gets easier. You, you learn it. You learn how to do it so that when you get older, when you actually have to do it, it's like totally accomplishable. It's like no. It's you, and it's not like you watch a lot of it. You you you. <laughs> it you doesn't to, like. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the sound effects too. Oof. Oh, they're incredible. Yeah. So the that, two of them. That uh, I'm like hot. Yeah. Just thinking about it. I, my, I think my other favorite line is is the last line with it, that he says to his nephew, "Being a samurai is a burden. Do what you want with your life." Yeah. Um, that's sweet because like you because you realize that he's like this young guy, this young kid who like was part of the family, like born into it, learned it, you know, but like never really wanted to be a part of it. He was kind of a philanderer, but he like has honor because he fought. Yeah. And now he's like, you know, you've accomplished your goal. Like 
the samurai are gone effectively like do what you want with your life you know this yeah, is this he, is where he earned it he's he got like this is where being a samurai got me you yeah know? yeah live your life i like that uh you know we never even talked about um the bandit and the forest oh and, yeah and a lot of people talk because it's the one thing in the movie where if you only watch it the one time which you and i have both watched at the one time <clears throat> you you're watching the movie and it ends and you're like this doesn't make sense it's well, like the only thing that doesn't fit perfectly it also doesn't really make a lot of sense throughout the the fight that he's able to like stay alive and just beat people up with rocks yeah he's so it's the one part of the movie when you're watching it that you're like this is a little silly like why is this in this movie mm-hmm. and then at the end it makes sense yep. that you're like oh he's supposed to serve a purpose and also the reason he's able to like be so quick and then kill people with rocks is because he's like a spirit he's yeah like he's not like a, this apparently this fox spirit this famous like uh it's in japanese folklore <clears throat> about uh yeah someone said he's not a raccoon or a monster he's a hunter but yeah it's, it's something with japanese folklore and if you go and you read more about it you type it in on google there's a lot of uh, ideas out there but he yeah i mean i think immediately when they show it at the end you're like oh it's an immortal he was there to like help them on their cause and they saved him in the forest and so i thought that was really interesting and i like that they didn't I, did you want a little more explanation or you like that it's super vague i think it's good that it's vague yeah because it makes you when you watch the movie again then you pay attention and you question it and it's just like leave it open to interpretation you know makes it more interesting that way yeah they're like he is this fox spirit and it's like great that's what this was yeah because he definitely dies like it's knife in the neck yeah sword through the throat yeah and then cut in the stomach yeah so uh it looks like other people research that as well um that's all the ama questions we have in favorite line yes there's just one uh one last category for us to talk about and that's which of the three action movie categories this fits into totally ridiculous totally legitimate or ridiculously legitimate which one do you think it is i mean it's totally legit yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that ever makes it is what we just talked about, what the Fox Spirit could maybe put it into ridiculously legitimate, but it it just, it would feel wrong to call this movie anything otherwise in my mind, because yeah. I think it would take away from what makes it good. It takes itself very seriously in, a, in the best way possible. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, think it, I think I'm totally on board with that. Um, that means we just have one last thing left to talk about, and that's called The Pitch. So this is a weird one, because a couple things are going on. Is it that weird? <laughs> Picked up piano at a late age. One of them is uh, we are doing a movie this next week. It's either going to be The Meg or Snatch. Uh, we don't know which yet because we haven't seen The Meg yet. Uh, we're going to see it. And uh, if The Meg's a good movie, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll cover it. Otherwise, we'll cover Snatch because Jason Statham is sweet. But yeah. even more interestingly is I won't be here next week. Yeah. So we haven't actually talked about how we're going to handle that news. Yeah. Are and you going to be here? I don't week? know if I'm going to be here or not next week. So we may not have a show. We may have to push a week. We may have to have a guest on. We're not exactly sure what we're going to do. Yeah. I have to fly on Tuesday to uh, New York and you have to fly to Vegas tomorrow. Yeah. So and I think we'll both be out. But we but we might one of us might be back next week. Yeah, and there's already six people that have said the Meg in chat, which I honestly like. I'm I'm pretty dying to see the Meg. Uh, I feel like people would be upset if we did the Meg without the other person. Eh, that's like any movie, right? Yeah, I guess that makes Isn't sense. That just any movie. Yeah, but it's the Meg. But it's the Meg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, guys, we're not sure what we're gonna do. Uh, pre-recorded is an option. Um, is not an option. I mean, I don't think we're actually gonna have time uh, with studio scheduling and with our schedules yeah. getting here before next week and see the movie. So. Guys, we're not sure what we're going to do, but we're going to make it happen. Oh, and we have one segment we totally forgot to hit, so we're going to hit it right now. Oh, yeah. I don't have Throw my glasses. down the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. you're <laughs> 
lights are on. We got to put on our song. Hey, what's up, douchebags? <laughs> I'm so glad we remembered this yeah. because, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to talk about it. So, uh, a lot's going on, guys. Schmode on Corner. Yeah. If you guys are uh, listening or watching, you, you guys probably know we compete as a team called Team Action. We also both compete in singles in this thing called the Movie Trivia Schmodown. It's a movie trivia league, like meets wrestling or something. But yeah. um, there's some news in, in the in the Schmodown this, since the last show. We had last week, uh, they had not announced the teams, the teams in the corruption tournament yet. Yeah, well, uh, First things first, you got a match coming up real soon against Mr. John Rocco, which I, I know you're ready to just kill him. It's in the near future. Uh, uh, and your teammate in the tournament is his teammate on the Horseman. Yeah, Mark Yodi Riley is also the guy you're supposed to be playing. <laughs> I'm supposed to be playing. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about that? I know you love Yodi. I love Riley. I, I think too. I think Riley's great. I think he's, uh, he's a much better player than Roca. I think he's. Uh, <laughs> He's a real champion. John's a joke. Everybody knows that. John gets right. He wrote, he's like, I bet Roku would claim that he could commit harakiri <laughs> if you asked him. <laughs> I thought studied, that was I've very funny. The, I've studied the culture. I believe I'm a warrior. I've, I've heard that if the knife's sharp enough, it doesn't even hurt. <laughs> um, he's, is, is he just Quinn a little bit? He kind of is. Is Roku just Quinn? kind of Quinn. Slightly? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> um... And then I got announced to be with Rachel the Crusher Cushing, which I think is like I, for you guys that don't know, Ben and I love Rachel. I think she's like per, per, she might just be the best competitor in the whole league. Yeah, I mean, I actually think she probably is just the best competitor in all of the league. But she's also just the sweetest person ever. Yeah, she only has the nicest things to say ever. Um, so I would love to be on Rachel's team. I would mm. love to be on a team with her. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see how her and Clark are going to lose to oh. Brienne and her teammate. Yeah, it's true. It seems it seems hard to believe. I mean, on the other hand, like. We saw what Brienne did in Free For All. This is true. And this Brienne's is true. won tough matches before, and nobody really knows how her teammate's going to fare. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I think it's it's still a mystery teammate, right? Is that what it is? Uh, I think it's still mystery We're just going to have to say that for now, even though I know who it is. It was yeah. a, they. I think they put him in the tournament. I'm not sure. Yeah. I actually am not 100% sure. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure with that. But I do know that if Rachel and I... Our team, you better look out. Should be pretty good. Yeah, I well, I think I think we'll see what happens with that match, and then uh, you know react. But I I definitely definitely excited. And also, if you guys uh, go check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TeamAction, we're going to be ranking all of the team ups, and we're going to be talking about uh, reacting to our you know our teams themselves, and and, and what we think that's how the tournament is going to go and whatnot. So that's uh, the big piece of news this week. The other piece of news is the greatest match of all time, perhaps aired yesterday, uh, and that is Mara versus Rachel, the semis yeah. of the tournament. Uh, Both women were under the weather that day. It, it was like 15 questions in overtime or 11 questions in overtime. Like, go watch the freaking match. It's you, insane. You watched it? I actually have not oh, watched it yet. It's crazy. Is it? Yeah, it goes. It goes so deep. It's just like, and it's just like, yeah, hitter after hitter after hitter. And they're both just such studs. It's yeah, crazy. Mara, Mara's really good. It's she impressive. really is. So, yeah, anyway, guys, that's Schmodown Corner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Check us out same time, same place, at least in two weeks, probably next week in some capacity, one way or another. Find Andrew at Andrew guy find me at ben Bateman media and uh we'll see you guys soon take Bye. care guys from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com i'm sir richard wentworth and this has been a presentation of the popcorn talk network Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.